Hello, this is the next in a series of uh, conversations with Fraser Fernhead, the founder of The House Crowd. Fraser has some pretty interesting and poignant views about the looming pension crisis. Fraser, I've read articles you've written where you claim the state pension scheme is nothing more than a giant Ponzi scheme. Can you explain what you mean by that? I'd love to, Paul. <laughs> Absolutely you. love to. Well, let's ignore what Gordon Brown did to pensions back in the 1990s, where he basically, uh, by changing the tax rules, effectively stole around £230 billion, according to some estimates, from the value of the um, people's pensions. What I mean by when I say that the uh, state pension is a Ponzi scheme is very simple. You know, this, this phrase Ponzi scheme gets bandied around quite a lot, often um, very wrongly. What it means is that the returns paid to investors are being paid out purely by the input of more and more investors at the bottom end. So it's essentially a pyramid scheme. And that, unfortunately, is exactly what our state pension scheme is. It is the biggest fraud and the biggest Ponzi scheme in history, essentially. Well, I don't know about other countries. Maybe they do the same. But it's absolutely terrible what's been allowed to happen. Essentially, how it should work is when you earn money and you pay a contribution towards your pension, say through national insurance, that money should be invested for 40 odd years or until the time you retire. And you, they should then produce enough revenue for you to live off in your retirement. That is how the pension scheme was designed to work. How it actually works, and I'm not being political here because every party has done exactly the same thing when they've been in power, is that you make your pension contributions and rather than that money being invested, it's just used up in the same way that all the other taxation is used up, in the same way that road tax, is very little of the road tax you pay is used to actually maintain the roads. The money you pay for your pensions is just used up in the day-to-day -day government spending and it's not invested. So when you come to retire, rather than you being able to live off the benefits of that investment, your, your retirement is actually funded by new workers coming into the, pen, um, coming into the workforce. Now, at the moment, it's, it's almost a breaking point. There's basically three workers supporting every one pensioner because there's a lot of elderly, there's a lot of baby boomers and what have you coming to pension age and fewer people coming into the workforce. By the year 2050, that ratio gets even worse. It's going to be one worker for one pensioner. That means every working person is not only going to have to earn enough money for, um, to provide for their own living costs. They're also going to be supporting a pensioner. Now, it doesn't take Albert Einstein to realize that is absolutely unsustainable. So that's what I mean by a Ponzi scheme. And it's ready to collapse. You know, at the moment, there are three million pensioners in the UK living in, in, in poverty. The cost of long term care is going to double in the next 20 years. The whole system is just unsustainable. And you must realise that you've got to start doing something for yourself because there is not a cat in hell's chance that the state are going to be able to provide you with any sort of income when you retire. OK. Well, where do private pensions fit into this scenario that you draw? Well, you know, we're, we're in the 21st century now, Paul. Um, back back in the day, I, you know, I remember my, my grandfather worked for Allied Dairies. He was a, he's a manager there. And when he came to retire, he, you know, he got the gold watch and he had a final salary pension. Those 
again, largely thanks to Gordon Brown, simply don't exist anymore because they, they had all the value robbed out of them. You don't get jobs with final salary pensions anymore. And if you're already in one, if you work for a council, for example, you're, you're very lucky. Um, but no one in the pro in, in private industry um, is likely to get a job now where they have a final salary pension. So, as I said, it's, it's really not an option. You've got to look at alternatives and you've got to start doing something to provide for yourself. And, um, you know, really, as we all know, the sooner you start doing that, the better. What, what, what are the alternatives people should think about? What, what is there an alternative? Well, um, you know, if you go onto the internet, you will find all sorts of uh, nefarious schemes, everything from investing in Ghanaian teak forests to shipping containers to car parks, uh, buy-to-let hotel rooms. There are a whole load of alternative investments out there, some of them good and some of them really not so good. Um, binary option trading being one you should definitely avoid by all accounts. Um so I guess your, your traditional routes are the stock market, either investing in individual stocks or shares, or, or property, uh, which tends to be the main one. Now, for me, um, the stock market, well, so I'm quite opinionated on that. I've, I've tried investing in stocks and shares. I um, lost around £30,000 one year, and it, 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 it seems that to be a probably a, a recurring situation with lots of people investing in stocks and shares. It is something you need to know, have a certain element of expertise about. Um, it's quite complicated. You know, there, there are so many things beyond your control. Um, I think if you look at the statistics, our, our um, chief financial officer here, Lewis, did looked at the, own, um, the FTSE 100 index just the other day, in fact, and if you'd started a FTSE 100 tracker in the year 2000, now 17 years later, it would be worth 2% more than it was in the year 2000. <laughs> so that's how much a tracker fund has grown over the last 17 years. If you invest in individual stocks and shares, if you know what you're doing, undoubtedly there are people out there who can make money from the stock market. However, in my experience, very few people manage to do that. Um, in fact, there's a there's a writer who I like, you've probably heard of, called P.J. O'Rourke. And I remember reading, he once wrote that uh, when it comes to investing in um, company stocks, well, the company makes money, the broker makes money, and two out of three ain't bad. And that, to me, has <laughs> certainly been my experience of in, in investing in individual, you know, stock picking, as it were. Even fund managers... You know, uh, some fund managers have very good reputations. They may have several years where they have a successful track record. I can think of one in particular at the moment. He's having billions of pounds pulled out of his fund. He's, he's been very successful for a number of years. Now he's not doing so well. And all the statistics show that you can pick a tracker fund and it will outperform just about any fund manager yeah. over time. So, you know, and that's before all the fees they charge. So I'm not sure that's an, an ideal route for people either. Um, for me, property's always been, I've always been drawn towards property. My father and my grandfather both invested in property and it's, I suppose it's kind of in my blood. And I think a lot, a lot of people feel the same way. Um, you know, it, it's a tangible asset. You can see it, you can touch it, you can visit it. And it, it's not hard to understand. It's, it's a very simple concept that you can buy a property, you can spend some money on it, do it up, and if you, you know, with a modicum of common sense, you can then sell it for more than you paid for it. 
or you can buy a property and you rent it out and you earn an income from from the rent it's simple to understand you know you don't need a degree to do that so for me property has always been um, in my blood but re really you know everyone's different and whether you disagree with me you, you think stocks and shares is the way to go I think the crucial thing to recognize is that you must do something you know it's absolutely imperative that you start doing something and the sooner you do it the better yeah I, I imagine that uh, with, with the fact that the average pension pot for people retiring today is about thirty thousand pounds with that ringing in our ears if you were a student leaving university now saw recently entered a, one of the millennials as we call that group of young people now entering into workforce how would you go about planning your own retirement some 40 or 50 years hence given what you know and what you've learned yes it's a very interesting question um, I remember when I uh, I was in exactly that scenario um, well, I'm not gonna say how many years ago now but <laughs> quite quite a long time ago um, I remember I, I, I started my career as a trainee solicitor and I remembered someone from Allied Dunbar coming along to talk to um, the trainee solicitors about pensions and yeah. they, they talked about how much you'd have to put in every month um, how much that would you know forecast to pay you when you turn 65 and I just looked at it and I you know I was a young person in my in my early 20s and I just wanted to spend the money on going out quite frankly going out having a good time and what have you and it seemed like an awful lot of my salary was going to go into this pension to end up with not very much at the end of it even according to their forecast which I imagine were woefully over optimistic and then worse, you had to purchase an annuity where if you died, the pension company um, could take all your money. It, it seemed to me that there was only one real beneficiary of this arrangement, and it, it certainly wasn't me. So pe traditional pensions never appealed to me um, at all. I've always been someone who is, is quite entrepreneurial, wants to do things for themselves. Now, according to most um, so-called experts, just to have... A reasonable standard of living and um, by the time you retire you need to build a pension pot up of six hundred thousand pounds now you're saying what the average pension pot is about thirty thousand pounds most people are so way off this and given the amount they earn frankly I, I just don't believe it's feasible for them ever to put enough money into a traditional pension to obtain a pension pot of six hundred thousand pounds and, and frankly, I, you know, I, I don't really believe £600,000 will give you that much, that great an income um, of a typical annuity at 4 four or 5% when you retire. It, it, you know, you're not going to be living at large, that's for sure. So I think, myself personally, I think, I think if you want to stand a chance of having a reasonable retirement, you know, not working into your 80s in some menial job just to support yourself, you have to be prepared to accept a certain amount of, of risk and, and go for go go for things that are going to earn you a higher return. So, so it may be the stock market, it may be buy to let property. Um, for me personally, uh, you know, the risk of being accused of plugging my own company, I am going to plug my own company because we do. I thoroughly, thoroughly believe in what we do. I believe um, the secured lending we do, which is lending directly to property owners. Um, with with the loans secured against their property, I put 99.9% .9 of my money into our own products, and I personally believe they offer the the best risk reward ratio. You know, the you can our, our average return is 9.2%. 
they're secured against the borrower's property. If they do default and not repay, you have got an asset there that can be sold to recover your money. So, of course, there are risks involved. And we're always very, very transparent about those risks. And there are risks with any investment. But for me, the peer-to-peer secured lending that companies like the Housecrad offer gives you the best chance of saving enough for your retirement. Yeah. Is that is that is that a particularly long-term perspective? Do you have that in mind? And, uh... um, I think so. Look, it's, it's always sensible to diversify, but I, I think it's possible to diversify within a single asset class. Um, you know, the, the, many people disagree with me and say you should put X amount of money into property, X amount into the stock market, X amount into higher risk things, perhaps. I don't know. That's a, that's a choice individuals would make. Many people would argue that's a sensible policy. For me, I'm, I'm diversifying. You know, I've, I've got, well, I'm not going to say how much I've got invested, but let's say it's a reasonable amount. And I spread that across a number of different loans and a number of different property developments. Oh, now, these are all short term. You know, they're not invested for 10, 20, or 30 years. They're each, each investment is invested for between 6 to 18 months. So that in itself is mitigating against potential market changes because I know I'm going to get my money back in a short space of time. I can then reassess the market position and I can decide whether to in, what to invest it in again. So again, it's, it makes sense to do that. You're not sticking all your money into a pension fund with so many uncontrollable elements for the next 40 years where mm. you've got no idea what's going to happen. Mm. You're investing it in short-term loans at a fixed rate of interest where you can get your money back and reinvest it in something else. So for me, it makes the most sense. And if you carry on investing that money, and importantly, you reinvest the interest you earn from it, I think that will give me the best chance of saving a reasonable retirement pot. Mm. And because you're having to make those decisions as an investor, you must get closer to the market because you're doing it every 12 or 18 months. Well, that makes sense. Unlike your pension, which you never Yeah, you, essentially every investment you make, you, you're recalibrating it and you're reinvesting it the market the market as it is at yeah. that time you're making making the loan. But I think just to touch I think I touched on a very important point there, which is compounding the interest and you earn. Mention, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. What you and I know from pre- previous discussions, this is absolutely key to building up a, a retirement pot. Absolutely. Um, I think Albert, well, I don't think, I know Albert Einstein said it was the uh, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. And it it really is, when you start to reinvest your interest you're earning, you're earning interest on your interest, you will be amazed at how quickly your money grows. Mm. Now, you know, don't take my word for it. This this isn't something that's unique to the house crowd. You know, whatever investment you do, whether it's a stock market or what have you, reinvest the interest you earn. Never take it out. And obviously, if you can do it through something like an ISA, which we also offer now, another little plug there, um, through an ISA, then the tax it's tax free returns and it's tax free returns on your interest. There are lots of compound interest calculators on on the internet. Um, and there's one at a site called money, moneyvator.com, which I, I, I often use to um, to calculate it. And you'll be amazed at how quickly your money grows, especially if it's in there for 45 years and you're constantly reinvesting what you're earning. It's incredible. 
So if there's a message for someone listening to this podcast, it would be do something, do something now. Yep. The sooner you look, you, you've got a choice. You either start doing something now and you, you, you end up in the, uh, you know, the place where we all want to be when you're 65, where you, you're traveling on nice holidays. You've got enough money to pay the bills and not worry about them. And, you, you know, your biggest problem is which bottle of wine to open for lunch. <laughs> you know, I, wish I, I know you like a bottle of wine at lunch, Paul, as, as we all do, <laughs> as, as we all do. Um, because seriously, if you continue to bury your head in the sand, as, as to be fair, most people are doing, and you don't start taking action now, you, you're not going to be able to retire at 65. You're not going to be able to retire at 75. You're going to be working into your 80s yeah. if you can get a job, yeah. working a, a menial job just to make ends meet. And this isn't scaremongering. This is absolute statistical fact. So you've got to start doing something, whatever that is, start doing it now and compound the interest, reinvest all the money you earn from your investments. And if you don't do that, you you can't say you weren't told. Strong message, Fraser. Thank you very much indeed. Another great discussion. I look forward to the next one. Thanks, Bob. Cheers. To find out more about crowdfunding in general, read Fraser's book, The Alternative Guide to Property Investment, available on Amazon.co.uk. Or to find out more about The House Crowd, visit thehousecrowd.com.